0: Where your love is shared the same, for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow. We're the friends, the adventure never ends.
1: We will save the world somehow. It's Sunspots Comics now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo, at CryptidZoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand screen printed on 100% cotton, pre shrunk t shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend julian meyer you gotta see it you hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen it's pretty crazy it just comes to life you gotta see it so please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code sunspots comics that's right and you'll get 30% off your purchase most of the cryptidzoo shirts are about 27 bucks so it's a great deal and that's with tax and shipping included before the discount so don't forget use sunspots comics your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount and that is c-r-y-p-t-i-d-zoo.com <laughs> hello hi everyone you are listening to the sunspots comics podcast issue number 131 covering the brand new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, November 1st. And this particular podcast uses lightning and a big hammer to beat the bad guys. I am your comic book-loving host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining me right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope that you and the people that you love are happy and healthy. That's very important. So the Sunspots Comics Podcast, what's the gist, you ask? Well, using 500 Asgardian years, that's about 1,000 real Earth years, of comic book reading experience and presented in my own kind of uniquely charged positive way i review recommend and discuss my favorite picks of the best new comic books that came out this week So only the brand new stuff never miss an issue of the sunspots comics podcast just subscribe to it please follow us along on the instagram twitter facebook xbox live and youtube all in one nice to find easy place at sunspots comics that's right please spread the word and tell a nerdy loved one about our podcast. A couple of quick thank yous. One, of course, to the dude that's doing our Sunspots Comics theme song, my friend Nick Papa George. Thank you, Nick. Please check out his band Solution. He's the lead singer and guitarist. Go to solutionmusic.net for links to their music and upcoming show dates. Right now, you're listening to, right here on this very podcast, ish, uh, song number five of nine. I'll be playing it on the intro and the outro. It's called Sunday. It's based my feel good favorite track from their new album called palm trees and freeways i highly recommend solution to you i just if you love reggae rock ska just feel good music and tunes you're gonna love solution i totally do i'm a big fan please check them out at facebook.com solution reggae and of course, thank you to my susten- my son, Justin Jables Latori, for his spinoff podcast here. It's called Sunspot's Scene. It's on movies and television. Episode 10 will be available very soon. It's my son, Justin Jables, his friends Moises and Matt. They call themselves the Kung Pao Three Delight. I love that name. They talk about movies, TV shows of all genres, not just comic books, and they usually play a pretty hilarious game at the very end. So if you subscribe to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, you'll already get it. It's right there. Nothing to do. But it's also on SoundCloud and all the podcatchers. It's a fun time. Please check it out and follow them on Instagram, at sunspotsscene. That's right. It's pretty cool. Check it out. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 131, starting out with some stuff all hurt my (laughs) earlobes floating around in my nerd brain yes the first nugget of nerd lodged deeply into my nerd lobes is thor 3 thor ragnarok yes my wife and i went and saw it on thor's day at the amc theaters we were at that opening night fan event you got to see the movie an hour earlier it was a dine-in theater food was great there was some awesome reclining seats just leathery and comfortable and man sometimes too comfortable Especially when you've had popcorn and candy and food and just jammed into your pie hole. But you also got a collectible Thor coin, pretty cool, like this popcorn tin and a Thor lanyard. And there were actually seven minutes of unseen footage that I'm sure will be on the DVD or Blu-ray in the future or online. It was mostly some funny moments with uh, director Takai Watiti, who does the voice of, of Korg, by the way, in the film. Which is hilarious. He's just so New Zealandy. It's great. I could listen to him just read from a dictionary. <laughs> He's hilarious. But mostly, the director uh, Takai was talking to the to the um, person that created the music, the soundtrack, the score, named Mark Mothersbaugh, and he did an awesome musical score, by the way, and some great Led Zeppelin in there. I love the soundtrack, and so it gave us some extra chuckles, some fun stuff. It was pretty pretty kind of loose. I like that. It was just fun. Uh, a little spoilery there were some scenes that they kind of flashed to like man we're about to see this don't show us that stuff because you know i'm very anti-spoiler but i loved it it was great and here is my here's a first semi-light spoilerish alert i'm going to give you a quick review of the movie thor ragnarok for marvel films that's in theaters now So here you go, but very light, spoilerish, don't worry, I won't ruin the whole film like other podcasts do, just give you my gist and a score at the end. So here we go, Thor 3, Thor Volume 3 is what I would have called it because of its Guardians of the Galaxy very look, feel, and overall tone. It was fun, colorful, a bit bonkers in a good way, (laughs) it was all over the place, jam-packed with just a ton of stuff and fun things it it did lack these the only sort of lacking area right here for me some maybe real serious moments that would tug on the heartstrings i didn't get that uh you didn't really get that in the other thor movies fine but there wasn't really any of that some kind of deep emotional resonance don't expect that it maybe should have been the moment when again spoiler alert that odin passes on but there was just a ton of kind of over the top cg in that scene that really just kind of took me out of the emotional moment so really kind of lacked that. But ultimately, its sweet spot was all the funny. There was a ton of funny in it. Lots of gags. I mean, even even the, the villainess, uh, Hila, she had a great gag where she was in the weapon storage room on Asgard. And she made fun of some of the artifacts. And they're calling them fake. And it was just hilarious. She's knocking things off shelves. I mean, it was just a ton of fun. 30% of the film... Was also the just the little odd couple moments between Thor and Hulk. I, I just loved it. I needed more of that. Uh, if 30% was a good amount though, maybe more than that, you would have been like, okay, let's move off of the funny stuff with Thor and Hulk. But just the right amount. Like I said, if, uh, if you're familiar with the movies and TV shows, The Odd Couple, it seemed to have that feel. Even when the Hulk was kind of in his cool bachelor pad <laughs> talking to Thor uh, with his rack of alcohol... <laughs> in in hulk's bachelor pad i just i needed more of it it was a ton of fun in in those moments with hulk and thor together was it worth to see in 3d yes absolutely was there were some great depth moments not just sort of traveling through the rainbow bridge but other scenes uh fight scene in, in at the very beginning by the way which had some great depth moments where he's basically in hell one of the hell levels of asgard or realms Very just great in in the aspect of showing depth and distance. So absolutely worth it in 3D. Would I see it again? Yes. I definitely want to see it one more time. That actually says a lot right there. Because if I'm kind of one and done, then uh, like Spider-Man, then that says a lot. But I definitely want to see this again. I want to see it in maybe a larger format next time, like IMAX. And ultimately, really, I think Jack Kirby, Jack King Kirby, is smiling upon this movie from the beyond, from the very grave. Because there were a lot of visual elements here that that were definitely Kirby-esque. Made me proud to see how much Kirby's visual art was definitely portrayed here in the movie Thor Ragnarok. So that made my little nerd heart happy. But I definitely give it four out of five sunspots. Two very sparky thumbs up. (laughs) So I'm really excited to see it again. I definitely recommend it it's overall just a ton of fun maybe a bit dumb but that's fine great sound and visual and so colorful and and there was a smidge of heart there uh but i just had a ton of fun with it and i want to see it again it's just a good time it went by so fast but go see thor ragnarok i give it my stamp of approval four out of five sunspots and i can't wait next up i mean in the theaters as far as comic book movie goes is justice league november 17th so i can't wait what a time to be alive And then you have Star Wars in December. Talk about an awesome wrap-up to the year here. So looking forward to that. But go see Thor, Ragnarok. It was worth your time. Absolutely worth your time. And the last thing that's on my nerd brain is I'm actually creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. It is truly just a love passion project i've been wanting to make a comic book since i was born since i was able to read i'm doing the writing the coloring the lettering my friend jordan hudson is doing his gorgeous art check it out his instagram is at jordan underscore hudson underscore art it's just beautiful thank you jordan and just a quick zombie stories update we're at almost at the end of issue number one i'm still working on the flattening and the coloring he is wrapping up the last couple of pages and inks and we're just about there for the end of issue one which hopefully after i'm done with the coloring aspect and the lettering we'll be looking at sometime quarter one i would say of 2018 (laughs) initially we're shooting for october of 2017 and it's coming past so here we go but we're hoping for like i said q1 2018 zombie destroyers issue number one written by me art by jordan hudson and also, please take a look at it. It's available on my website to see what Zombie Destroyers looks like. Looks like. Just check it out. It's on sunspotscomics.com. Click on Zombie Destroyers. You can see five pages. There is uh, the cover, pages one through four, and a picture of Jordan's dad cosplaying as one of the characters I created. I just can't believe he did it. Uh, named Bruce. It's bonkers good. You got to see it. Check it out again. It's at sunspotscomics.com. Just click on Zombie Destroyers to see what my comic book looks like. I'm so proud of it now on to spotlighting yes there is a segment here on our show called spotlighting we like to have a little sit down chit chat a little nerdy loving chat about comics if you're a comic book creator in any way you're doing it or you're trying to get into comics we want to have a nice little talk with you here so hit me up send me some of your work to my email at chris at SunspotsComics.com. i'd love to look at it. it doesn't matter if you're an artist a colorist an inker a writer a letterer it doesn't matter you're just in comics or you're trying to get into comics, I want to do what I can to support you here and have a little nice chat. We've had some great ones in the past. Go look at some of the people we've had, like Michael Martin, like Zach Kaplan, just name a few off the top of my head. Very brief appearance from Robert Kirkman, way back when. All on the podcast right here at Sunspots Comics. You can see those things in the feed and uh enjoy them. They're great. But again, spotlighting, if you yourself are in comics, we want to help get your comic book out there. So hit me up, even on social media at Sunspots Comics. So now on to my favorite part of this Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books that came out for new comic book day, Wednesday, November 1st. Yes, and of course, semi-light, super-spoilerish alert. Really don't worry, I just work really super hard to just inspire you to buy these comics without spoiling them i never discuss the last few pages i only cover some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book but just in case super duper light semi-spoilerish alert also just to see everything cataloged all the stuff i've been talking about all of my favorite picks all the comic books i've been reading just go to my website sunspotscomics.com you'll even see a pull list of 107 titles that i'm currently reading Click on Top Comic Book Picks of the Week. You'll see all of my my past top picks. They're all there, simplified. I update the site every week. It's really compacted and simple just to see the lists of everything I'm doing. Check out from time to time. I'd really be, appreciate, really be appreciative if you go look at sunspotscomics.com. So now let's talk about the art winners. I always pick an art winner and a cover artist winner that you should definitely put your eyeballs on immediately. This week's artist winner and cover artist winner was one and the same lady joelle jones check her art out at joelle j-o-e-l-l-e underscore jones for her lovely art on batman issue number 34 and so talking about the art it's all in the eyes folks i mean she doesn't like no one better look at the way she does eyes it's her amazing attention to detail it's her realistic respect to physics it's her hyper focused backgrounds i've said it a ton of times. she's been an art winner in the past It's really just her simplistic, realistic, unique look that says, this is Joelle Jones. It's easy to tell. Oh, this is her art. She has a unique style. It's her own vision. It's lovely in the way she puts angles and kind of has sometimes the camera like sort of on the floor looking up, if you will. It's just sort of respect to where the camera angle should be. She has an eye like you've never seen. The cover, which by the way is why it's the cover winner right here, Batman issue 34, It's just so many beautiful lines. It's Batman in this huge pile of Assassin Creed style. Um, They're kind of Middle Eastern-y looking assassins with swords. Batman has his desert garb on, which is very reminiscent of that scene in Batman vs. Superman vs. the Parademons. It just reminds me of that. They have sort of red sashes on and and these very sort of Middle Eastern swords. But I love the gritty look of even the title Batman in the way it's sort of speckly paint-arted. And she has this hyper-detailed look of Batman in this giant pile. And it's so many lines, but they're so crisp and clear. And I just love the very, just simple coloring style, which is a little washed out. But it shows kind of Batman in in very much stark contrast between all the sort of sand-clad, garbed uh, assassins that are all attacking him with swords. And it's it's just gorgeous to look at. You just want to stop and kind of see it. There's this framework of this old, sort of crumbly building in the background... And it's just nice enough to just frame them within that action scene, but it's just a great looking scene and cover. I kept looking at it constantly. I was in some comic book shops this weekend, and every time I saw it, I'm like, "Ooh, there it is! It's Joelle Jones. It's gorgeous, folks. Go look at it. There's a reason why she's been an art winner in the past uh, for her art of of all things that she's done, especially her her indie work, Lady Killer. Check that out. But Joelle Jones, easily artist winner and cover artist winner this week. And the breakdown actually read 12 comics this week not bad kind of a smaller pile which is okay and four of them made it to the great ones recommendation list so not bad at all and new number ones i always mention when i grab some new number ones and tell you how many there are in case you want to jump right on it's exciting right to get into the new number ones and be there from the very beginning so there were only two new number ones that came out this week dead man and the Jetsons, and only one of those two made it to the Great Ones list, which I'll announce here very shortly. So hang tightly for that. So let's get into my top comic book recommendations. This is the Great One list, folks. This is the comic books that came out new comic book day, November 1st, Wednesday. I really do consider these the best of the best comic books of all that I read, the best of the new stuff. So go and buy these now. Immediately, they're worth your time and money. So here we go now. On to the countdown. So coming in at number four is batman issue number 34 this is of course the artist and cover winner Joel jones and this is written by tom king and let me tell you this team is top notch it just i i hope they stay together for as long as humanly possible i know that Joel jones arts it really takes a long time but it's just wonderful pairing i mean just gorgeous gorgeous work here hyper realistic looking at batman and catwoman drawn by Joel jones is It's just, it'll make your eyeballs so happy. Trust me, you must do it. Gorgeous, gorgeous coloring by the colorist extraordinaire. She is the champion of all colorists, Jordi Belair. Just look at anything she's done in the past. She's doing and coloring everything. So chances are you've seen her coloring. She is a just top-notch, Eisner-winning, Hugo-winning professional. Jordi Belair, just gorgeous coloring. And this is just batman in the desert you finally get to understand why uh, the bat and the cat because they're in love he asked catwoman to marry her and she said yes and so this is now kind of the new arc there of how their lives are going to be the last issue of batman number 33 it was sort of dealing with the fallout of batman asking catwoman to marry her uh, to marry him so you're dealing with that a little bit this is back out in the desert why they're there they finally reveal the Baby mama of Damien, <laughs> the League of, of, of Assassins, daughter of Rajal Al Ghul, which I forgot her name, is uh is holding a prisoner of a woman that killed many people that Catwoman is to blame for. So they're there to clear Catwoman's name, so that they finally explain it, because it is part two of this rules of engagement. So Batman is wearing the desert garb that was in Batman vs. Superman when he was fighting the parademons. And it's just a cool look, right? He's got the long sort of dark brown trench coat and the sort of tan scarf around his neck and the sort of sand goggles. And Catwoman is kind of in similar garb. It's definitely like, you know, Team Bat and Cat, which I love. And I love that Catwoman keeps joking around with Batman while they're fighting all these assassins that that Batman is ultimately in the desert to deal with his ex. (laughs) And he's like, it's really not about that. She's, you know, harboring this fugitive that blamed you for killing all these people. So we need to clear your name. And Catwoman's just like, yeah, it's about your ex issues. <laughs> so I love that little back and forth. The little smart-alecky, quirky comments from Catwoman. It's just fun. So that's all I really want to tell you. Because the end of it has a great cliffhanger. Uh, Damien and and uh, I guess it's, it's Dick Grayson, Nightwing, are there. Uh, at the gates being told by superman not to go any further do not go any further even if i'm not here i can see you from really far away so i just love that little sequence and it's funny and does superman stay there and guard the door or does he leave but it's great that he kind of shows up sprinkled in there and so is damien and dick grayson so they're kind of there but it's just a ton of action ton of fun the bat and the cat out in the sand It's a great time i want to see where this goes and will they find this woman that that can potentially clear catwoman's name of being this mass murderer we will see and i can't tell you any more than that so here we go we're already into the top three there's only four issues this week so the big three here we go coming in at number three is from image comics it's extremity issue number eight i can't believe we're only on issue number eight this has been a consistent monthly release This is art and written by Daniel Warren Johnson. Beautiful colors by Mike Spicer. To give you a gist, this is this kind of avatar-like, very fantasy world where they ride griffins and so on and all this sort of strange alien beasts. It's this faraway planet, maybe a long time ago, not sure, of these warring factions. There is the the rectangular red-shaped-faced people and there is the circular round-shaped people. They have this sort of weird tattoo where they're born with it. And they are at war. They're at battle with each other. And the main red rectangle, squared-faced people is 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 led by their abba. They call him, which is the father of the main character here. It's it's really focused around this young woman who is an artist who had her hand cut off by the by the green-faced, circle-faced people. And it's sort of what she'd be dealing with in a trying to be groomed as the new abba and lead their family of people in this war, this this century-long war. And also, where is she, and how is she supposed to be in a world where she's primarily an artist? So that is the main gist, and it's it's basically a dream that Daniel Warren Johnson had, the creator and writer, and he sort of expands upon that dream. That's where this came from. So very cool concept. I've been loving this from the get go. It just kind of seems like it's getting better and better. Out of is, out of eight issues, I would think probably in the in the past countdowns, four or five of them have been in the top picks. So it's definitely worth going to get and grab. But this shows a sort of nice, subtle brother-sister moment in the opening sequence here that just grabs the the at the heartstrings. They love each other, but they're also at odds. The brother is a very kind of sensitive, very soft-spoken, very... You know, delicate person that is not of war and battles, and he just wants to sort of be an engineer and fix things um, that are destroyed. You know, robotically, he that's his really his sweet spot and where he wants to be, and he just wants the world to be at peace. He's a sort of peace-loving kind of hippie, if you will, in this world of war on war on war. And the sister is sort of has sort of drank the family Kool-Aid, if you will. She understands that she has to be. Groomed to be the next Abba, if and when her father uh, dies, and so he's there trying to fix this robot that is designed for war, but he's kind of reprogramming this robot for peace. So that's cool in itself, and yet Thea is very conflicted by this because you know she lost her hand and is very much against these people at the same time. Whereas the brother, I want to say his name's like Roland or Rolo sort of doesn't have that hatred of those people and he just wants this world of peace that doesn't exist so i love that back and forth and that that duality there between them and how she has to sort of she's sort of being influenced by the brother that she loves and yet sort of doesn't want to be influenced by him in this peaceful manner she knows that war is what she has to do and so there's also sort of this new green-faced character that's a daughter as well that um lost her nose in a battle with in this war and so she's on the other side of it with sort of a similar situation to the as thea lost her hand she lost her nose and was pretty and now she's not and she's kind of dealing with that and wants revenge for what they did to her face so there's all kinds of elements of that going along along with this just very super fantastical sci-fi war going on between these two factions on this crazy avatar planet so that's what's happening here the action picks up it's a lot of action-packed moments there's even a quiet moment where they see sort of a Yoda-like character, a woman that has no color on her face. So is it a tattoo? You don't really know. Or some people are just not born with being on a side. She's definitely sort of neutral and she's dealing with uh, the brother and Thea here in, in a very unique way. And so it's like, again, this this should is war wrong? Should we continue with this? They did a lot of bad things. Who's really the bad guy? It's making the whole war gray and i like that the yoda like woman character in here and you get to meet clover it's this beautiful looking eagle dragon i just love it a griffin that's just gorgeous or griffin and it's just beautiful and just iconic and classic with these large red wings and this red dragon like tail beautiful sort of yellow beak just gorgeously drawn by daniel warren johnson so get extremity it's worth your time it's worth the dough check out what's happening here it's like i said a lot of heavier concepts dealing with people that have lost appendages and war and sci-fi action in this fantasy drama it's great stuff check out extremity you'll be so happy you did go get it right now it's only on issue number eight you can catch up quickly but here is the uh number two pick of the week it is a brand new number one, the only one to hit the countdown, yes, it was between the Jetsons and Deadman, and the winner was Jetsons, Deadman didn't make it. So, I really dug this, I am not a big Jetsons fan, I didn't watch the cartoon very much, I mean, I was watching television when there was only 12 channels, and so yes, the Jetsons was sort of there, but I didn't gravitate to it. At the time it was out, I was more into like, Tom and Jerry, and Bugs Bunny, and Woody Woodpecker, and Felix the Cat, yes, I'm aging myself. Check out some of those cartoons. And Godzilla and Bruce Lee and King Kong. That kind of stuff when I was a kid on Saturday morning. So I just kind of missed the Jetsons. And it wasn't a big thing to me. So I think that's why I enjoyed this the most. is I didn't have the historical gravity upon me when I was reading Jetsons here. This is written by Jimmy Palmiotti, Who I really enjoy his work. Artist by Pierre Brito. Or Pierre Brito. It's P-I-E-R. I'm not familiar with his work yet. But he's got a very clean art style. Very bright colors from Alex Sinclair. This overall, to me, had this feeling of lost in space. That's ultimately why I liked it. Maybe a smidge of Incredibles, because it's this you know family, kind of Fantastic Four, kind of blended in there without superpowers. But I just um, dug the just straight premise of it and the look of them. I wanted maybe some sci-fi family action in my life, like Lost in Space. This fulfilled it for me. George Jetson is this engineer being, of course, hounded on by Mr. Spacely. And that's that tone is there as the cartoon had it. Elroy is out on this little adventure with kind of a new girlfriend of his, going deep into the recesses of the earth, which are just filled with water. Uh, there is a quick little moment upon what happened to the earth with global warming and wars and so on. It just filled the earth with water, and so everyone has to live in sort of floating lands and flotation devices, but not like you're thinking, you know, cities and and small towns built to hover upon the water that is mostly water of earth and so there is a smidge here that's i love this sort of pace there is sort of this meteor hit the earth and it's starting to move and something's happening to that meteor and another meteor is approaching earth so they tell you that this is happening mrs jetson is on this council of world preservation and she is uh, dealing with this and what they're going to do it's kind of reminds me of armageddon the movie armageddon Love that song from Aerosmith, by the way. <laughs> but it reminds me a smidge of that for some reason. Because there is like this impending possible doom of the Earth ceasing to exist. And yet we get this little glimpse into this family of the Jetsons. If you've read the re- recent Flintstones, it's not as bonkers to that level, if you will. But it just kind of makes its own little fun sci-fi lost in space. Fantastic Four. Incredibles kind of blend and story of this unique little sci-fi fun action tale. That's it. That's That's really all... That reason I enjoyed it. I mean, there's even this kind of weird—the uh, robot that is uh, that used to be, I think, their mother. That she, they, she sort of—they admit that she ended her life, which you don't. They don't explain that. Did she commit suicide? Did she was she ill? Did she have some help assisting her and moving on to the afterlife? But they downloaded her AI into the family robot, so it's kind of strange. George Jetson sits down to have a conversation with his mother, sort of a deep philosophical conversation, and yet there's there's AI built into her, this character, which is her mother, and so she's not quite the same. It was a little sad. I was affected by that emotionally. How would you live if you downloaded your mom into a robot after your mother passed? I mean, I thought that was unique and interesting. And something I want to see more of. These little conversations. It was like he was sitting down a moment with a therapist. But it was his mother infused with a robot. So also um, the young son gets into some hijinks here. Elroy. That very well could have caused. I'm not quite sure if it caused the reason that this, this giant asteroid under the sea is sort of reactivated or come to life. He very well could be the. His curiosity could have caused this problem. You're not quite sure he's trying to impress this young girl. So I'm just all on board with this. I want to see more. I'm excited to read it. I went and bought even a variant cover of it, which I really enjoy. So I would definitely recommend giving The Jetsons a try if maybe you are not grounded by the history of The Jetsons or watch the cartoon at all. If you just want something fresh, a sci-fi story about a family that seems to all care about each other, go check out The Jetsons. It's for you. But here we go now. The number one, the numero uno, the one that beat them all, the winner There was an arm wrestle between 1-2 and and 1-1 because it turned its hat around backwards. Felt like a truck. I don't know. Anyway, the number one (laughs) pick of the week this week is from Marvel Comics, Darth Vader. (laughs) Issue number (laughs) seven. (laughs) And this has been fantastic. This is just badass mofo Darth Vader, (laughs) y'all. I'm sorry. (laughs) But it really is. It's just him in his true form. I think that marvel and disney and star wars now they're finally like you know what we really need to show darth vader as a badass mofo more and really because he's built as to that right in the movies and we he's has the reputation of but we don't haven't seen a lot of him honestly as a badass mofo so this is giving us more of him as vader as a badass mofo (laughs) i'll stop saying that sorry but this is just an action-packed action winner of the week this takes place right after episode three when Darth Vader just gets the Darth Vader outfit, dons that, has no lightsaber. This picks up in this arc of him going to this planet, fighting this Jedi that has a lightsaber to steal his lightsaber, corrupt the cyber the Kyber crystal, turn it red and have a lightsaber of his own. Yes, that's the gist. That's why you should be reading it. Trust me. But <laughs> that arc is already over. Now uh, the Emperor has introduced... Darth Vader to these Inquisitors, I want to call them They're like the librarians of the Sith Inquisitorious That's them (laughs) The Inquisitorious program And they're like these keepers Of the Sith uh, History And they're ultimately though trained to fight And the Emperor has told Darth Vader To train them better They are not that tough And we need you to Darth Vader them up (laughs) And so He's training with a bunch of them, and just, at this opening sequence, just cutting limb from limb, literally. And the leader of the Inquisitorius says, hey, uh, you know, these guys would be a little better with all their arms and legs. And they show this room of all of them just armless and legless. And Vader's like, it is only but limbs. And it's it's like, what? He's just cutting arms and legs off and like, deal with it. They should have been better fighters. It's like it's crazy. and they have the the robotics to put other arms and legs on them. but yeah, he just kind of takes the whole team out and he's like, we they need to be tougher. They need to you know do what I do and uh, quit fooling around with your books. Let's get on over here to the true dark side and become some 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 dark jedi. Come on now. <laughs> but this leader of the uh, of these Sith librarians. Is uh, at odds with Darth Vader, and I like that they're sort of equal in rank. And so Vader's like, "Do this," and this guy's like, "Hey, uh, we fail as a team. It's on you, bud. All on you." And so there's that back and forth between them. I like it. I we haven't seen the two of them fight yet, which I'm hoping we do because he sort of fights the the Seth li- this the Sith librarian minions, the the lower level fighters, and we haven't seen him fight the leader of the Inquisitors. So I want to see that. And I feel like that's coming. And they introduce the Emperor's new mission to Darth Vader, which is to find this woman Jedi that is somewhere. Her name is Jacasta Nu. And she is like a very smart, very Yoda-like woman with the Force. One to not be messed with. One to not be taken lightly. I like that they're introducing this character. I mean, in the Star Wars uh, episodes, we've never seen her. So, obviously, we... Sort of know her demise. We know what's going to happen to her. But let's give her a couple minutes (laughs) before we wipe her out. And Darth is hot on her trail to find this woman because she is designing holocron. She's building Jedi data. And she's sort of hiding it all over the place. And it even reminds me of that... That uh, Force watch that I, watched through, that I bought through Sphero, it has sort of a Pokemon kind of game on it. I love it. I'm on a side tangent, sorry. But it's so cool. You wear this watch, you walk around the world, and it tells you if a Holocron's nearby. You literally, with your hand, reach into the air and grab this Holocron, and it downloads the data to your phone, smart device, and then you see what you've unlocked. Well, that's what she's done. She's designed Holocron Jedi Holocrons. And hidden them throughout the galaxy. So and she has like a giant wall of them. She puts them in the ship. She's gotta go and find places to hide them. So there's all this Jedi data and knowledge and history trapped in these hologons throughout the world because they didn't want the Sith to find them. Very cool little story aspect. So that's all I can tell you. Uh do, do, do they find her? Does the Inquisitor guy step up and want to go toe to toe with Darth Vader? It's all just kind of the beginning of this arc, setting it up but it's exciting it's great stuff it it has such great little story-like tones i mean it's 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 by the way i forgot to even mention the team here sorry writing written by charles soul who's done daredevil and a ton of other things i love and the pencils by giuseppe cammincoli who's great he did amazing spider-man for a long time he's just found the sweet spot in darth vader go get it it's only on issue number seven get it to number one there's also a one to 25 arc that's really good too this arc I mentioned as far as him getting his lightsaber is just this one through seven in this sort of second arc of Darth Vader. But go get it. It's phenomenal. Easy number one pick of the week. It just made me want to go put on some, some Star Wars. Just go watch episode four where Darth really gets to shine and be the badass mofo that he is. <laughs> but anyway, go check it out. Get Darth Vader. It's worth your time and, and your money. I guarantee it. You will not be... You will not be sad that you read darth vader so good so there you go there you have it that is the sunspots comics podcast issue number 131 you did it you heard the whole thing (laughs) let me lock the vault door yes those are my new comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day november 1st check them out go to a local comic book shop buy these comics immediately tell them that chris from sunspots comics sent you I don't know why I say that, but do it. It'll be fun. If you have questions, comments, you want a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Is there a comic book I should be reading? Maybe there's something I'm missing. I can't read everything. I probably read you know, somewhere in between 15 to 30 comics a week. But tell me if there's something I need to be reading and I may jump right into it read it, and give you a shout-out here in the podcast. Please check out my blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. My latest one is on my experience with Sphero, the BB-8 manufacturers. Also sign up for our email newsletter, sunspotscomics.com contact. And please tune in next week for issue number 132, where I will be reading a list of 16 brand-new comic books that are coming out November 8th with three new number ones, I hope that I get all three number ones. I hope they're super good so I can recommend them to you, right? Something special about jumping on to a new number one. And here's just a quick sneak peek of some of the awesome comic books coming out next week for Podcast 132 that I hope we'll be talking about. Uh, Birthright, issue 28, Centipede, number four, Descender 26, Detective 968. Seems like Batman is like every three days it comes out. Flash 34 maybe the one i'm anticipating and excited the most about or the two these two anyway harrow county number 27 i just love harrow county and heathen issue number seven it's been a while since we've seen a heathen from vault comics so i'm excited to read that mr miracle issue four is coming out man that's so gritty and crazy and kirby-esque uh mr miracle from dc check that out pestilence number number five so that's just a few things oh slots number two which I'm super excited about that from Image Comics. So a lot of stuff. Star Wars 38, there you go. There's just a sneak peek into some of the awesome comics I'm gonna be reading and hope to get to the great list so I can recommend them to you. So it's really gonna be a respectable stack of comic books, new stuff coming out next week. So please subscribe, listen in, tell a nerdy loved one. Check us out here at Sunspots Comics. If you missed any of the links, I'll be sharing them on the podcast show notes, so don't worry about it there. But thank you so much for listening. I really hope I inspired you to buy some of these great, brand new, spankin' comic books. They're so good. If you want to give a little bit back, just help us here at the podcast. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Hit us with some friendly words. I'll even read it right here on a future podcast and give a personal thank you to you and even send you a little thank you comic books-related surprise from me. So thank you so much for listening don't forget of course to spend some time with the ones you love especially if they're super nerdy and since it's sunday i'll leave you with track number five of the band solution from the album palm trees and freeways called sunday (laughs) so until next week be like water my friend stay nerdy talk to you later
0: bye-bye situation in my head I hear the music wanna play some always pick it right right on time but now before I'm laid by my yeah yeah now we got a little something going on my buzz is coming back I need a drink and make it strong we're leaving our worries in our wake man it's such a beautiful day now we're gonna sail away we're gonna sail sail away now we're gonna sail Say
1: The sunshine beating on my face, yeah.